Greetings and felicitations. Welcome back. You're listening to the Chairland Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. I'm your host, Ben Hur. Welcome back. It's great to hear you or <laughs> see you again, I think. But uh, what are we going to talk about this week? This is going to be a very interesting episode because I am depressed. Uh, it started on Friday the 13th. But we're going to delve into some things. We're going to delve into those issues. Uh, we're going to delve into the three aspects of your health. Your physical, your emotional, and your mental. Because each one has an effect on the other. Maybe we'll get into a little Johnny Depp. Nothing's really going on with that. So, much more interesting things with the eclipse that we just had of the moon. And, of course, the everlasting threat of annihilation coming from somebody and then idiots that go and shoot up uh, churches, synagogues and grocery stores if things weren't bad enough so stick around let's delve into some things once again if you have uh, comments for me, you want to talk to me you want to set up a chat if you're not on my Facebook then reach out to me on my Twitter account Ben Hur at T-C-C-I-N-D-Y T-C-C-N-D-Y And uh, let's talk about some stuff You know, if you've got a problem Maybe I can help Who knows? I try to offer help when I can Alright, well We'll get into it We'll get down to it And we will try to Make some sense of it Alright Take care We'll be right back In just a short amount of time And we'll get into it you're listening to the Chairland Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. This is Ben Hersage. Stick around. We'll be right back. back you're listening to the chairline chronicles i'm not dead yet i'm your host ben Hur. thank you for coming back sticking around uh well friday the 13th recently passed uh this past friday today is monday and um hey the day was another day for me i got up i was ready to go ready to rock and roll go to clinic at five in the morning and uh, I was trying to be as positive as I could that my regular tech was going to be there. So I got there Friday morning, and who greets me is the technician I did not want. Um, you know, this girl would probably be good as a cashier at Walmart or Home Depot, 
but not sticking people with needles. She has no bedside manner. She's not very good. Um, perfect example is Wednesday I had her, and I'm willing to give people the benefit of the doubt, you know. So she sticks me, and something's not right for her. And she starts slide pushing the needle in and out and in and out, and it was starting to hurt. Then finally she got it where she wanted it and left it alone. By this time my arm's starting to throb. Now this is a little distressing for me because I already had a little bit of anxiety about this. I didn't want her touching me anymore. So when I saw her on Friday, I just said no. I grabbed my bag and I left. I came home. They frown upon you missing treatment. So the weekend passed. That was that was my Friday the 13th. It was just started out really shitty. I had the worst tech and then I had to deal with that. So uh I went about my business the weekend. Monday came around. I said, okay, let's hope that my regular tech is there. See, the thing is, I have a regular tech. Almost everybody does. And I understood that Dina was a floater. She wasn't permanent staff. But then again, half the people that were there aren't permanent staff. So... I don't know. I don't know how they do things, but it's like I told my uh, patient advocate this morning. Everything they do affects us. I'm talking about the patients. Everything they don't do affects us. They don't seem to understand that. Or if they do, they just don't give a damn, you know. That's why U.S. Renal, I think, is has a horrible record of taking care of their patients you know so I show up today once again with a positive attitude you know let's get this done you know and I catch one of the techs Patty she's one of the good ones I catch her as she came in looking for somebody else and I said hey is Dina here and these were her words she goes Dina's not coming back now to me that tells me she quit and I said, so who's got her section? And she said, Jessica. I said, okay, I'm leaving. I'm not, yeah, I'm not going to put up with that with her again. I mean, she she sent me into a tizzy over the weekend because my PTSD was, like, all over the place. I, I was very angry. So I grabbed my bag and I came home. So now I've already missed two treatments. So at 8 o'clock, I get a phone call from the facility administrator, the FA, Brandy. Oh, she was, what's going on? Well, I don't like that tech. She's horrible. She she gave me, she caused me distress and pain. And I'm not going to go through that again. Where's Dina? Well, Dina is not coming back. She's a floater. I said, I understand all that. But you know what? No, You could have given us a head up, given me a heads up. That this was her last day, you know, Jessica was not going to be permanent staff. I would ask right there and then. I wanted to transfer to a different section. And if you can't do that, then I want to go to a different clinic. They, 
you know, it all goes back to something that I told you a while back. The technician, a technician told me she's no longer there. She quit because they forced her to quit. She told me that they do things the way they do because we come first. Or at least some of them think that we come first. And now they don't. That's not, that doesn't seem to be the case. We come when they need to take care of us. You know, I don't know. It's just, it's just very frustrating that they treat us the way they do. You know, I was even very disappointed in the F.A. Because when she came, when I first met her, I thought, okay, this is a go-getter. We're going to get some changes made. We're going to get, we're going to get better. Because they said, this is the clinic that everybody wants to work at and come to. I don't believe that. I really, really don't. I do not believe that for, for a New York Minute that they care. If they cared, Dr. Masari, the guy at the top of this pyramid, would be through the clinic at least once a month to say hello to his patients, to say, to say hello to the people that put that Tesla in the parking lot that he drives. Yeah. You see, the higher up you go, it just boils down to money. We're, we're not patients, we're numbers. And the numbers come with a dollar sign. And that's the way it just seems to go. You know, Dr. Masari seems to have time to make commercials for a bank, but he doesn't have time to come down and see the people that make his clinic run. And I'm talking about the patients as well as the techs. How can you get behind a general that doesn't support his troops? He just hands down memos to, to, his, to his lower, his cronies, who hand it on down to the people that are actually doing the work. You know, yeah, they say, well, you know, they, we, we do a lot more. Well, I don't see it. I do not see it. So, after everything was said and done, I made it clear to Brandy that I want a different tech. I want to be put in a different section. She said she was going to accommodate me. So, Wednesday, I will be there on time. She was trying, like, do you want to come in for two hours later? No, 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 no. Because, once again... I signed a contract with your company that I will be there on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at the time specified. I don't go in on days that I'm not supposed to be there. I don't go in there on, on times that I'm, I'm, I'm not supposed to be there. I have my set time. And if you have to make accommodations for me, well, you know what? I, I know what's required of me. And I will show up when I show up. I'm not like these other, my other people that are there and, and they're like little sheep and they'll, they do whatever they're told. Uh, I don't. I have rights. We have rights. And you have to exercise a little gumption and make a, make a choice. You know, and they're like, well, you know, it's your, your fluids are dating. Well, yeah, I, I, I know that. I know what my what the risk that I run. I don't need to be reminded. I'm not four years old. I'm 61. That's right. I'm 61 years old, and I know right from wrong, and I know good from bad. 
And I know the flu, what the fluid does when it's building up in my body. I've been down that road. But they just don't seem to get it. It's got to be their way or the highway. And I don't play that shit. I do not. So, my Friday the 13th was actually a bad day. Let's see what happens Wednesday. Once again, I will go there with the best attitude that I can. And uh, we'll go from there. I'll keep you posted. You know, and uh, see what happens. There's a lot of things wrong with that clinic. There's a lot of things wrong still with the staffing. There's a lot of things wrong. A lot of things wrong. That I'm starting to find out with our patient advocates, the people that are supposed supposed to speak for us. I know one. I see him almost every other day when I'm there, and we converse. You know, we talk about what's going on. We talk about other things. And I just recently found out that we have two patient advocates. And he told me who the other person was. I've already known her for over a year, my going to that clinic. And I had no idea that was her role. She was the other patient advocate. So, like, I'm supposed to go to you and tell you my gripes. This, that, and the other thing. And then you're supposed to, they, and they, supposed to, they, they go, they, they go to the wrong person, if you ask me. They go to the social worker. I think they should be going to the facility administrator because she's more in a direct position to affect some sort of change, not the social worker. Tell, I don't even know what the social worker does. You know, I have no earthly idea what her job description is in the course of a week. I see her, if I'm lucky, once a week on Fridays as she runs through the clinic saying good morning to everybody. And then as quickly as she appears, she disappears, and we don't see her again for another week. The dietician is the same way. They pay this chick, and she's a little girl. She's 21, 22 years old, fresh out of college. And they pay her a very large salary of thousands of dollars a month. And she does, from my perspective, absolutely nothing. You see her also once a week on Fridays as she runs through the clinic saying hello to everybody. And then, oh, yeah, once a month you're going to see her when she hands out the the lab results. And she just runs by, throws you your paper, doesn't explain anything to you, and bids you adieu. What? do you do all day every day that I don't see you you're certainly not dreaming up new recipes that that we can eat to live better you're certainly not doing that you're not holding any cooking classes to show us how to prepare meals better nope and you're the dietitian oh but you can decorate the the board in the waiting room with do's and don'ts, what to drink, what not to drink, what to eat, what not to eat. That could take you all of, what, half an hour on any given day. And still, you get paid an exorbitant amount of money for what I seem to be as doing. You do absolutely nothing. You must come in, check in, go up to your office, sit behind your desk, and go to sleep, I guess. Or you're on the phone with somebody. But I don't see you doing it. The old dietitian, let me tell you the comparison. 
the old dietitian would go out and find snacks that we could eat that were good for us. She would call companies and make deals and get samples from them, and she would come down and pass them out. This one doesn't even come close to doing that. So, that, that's, I mean, that's already bogus. That's bullshit. The social worker, the same thing. I don't know what she does. And you know what? That's exactly the way they want it. They don't want you to know what they do because if you did know what, know what they do, you'd be extremely pissed. Yep. That place is not running perfectly. I don't know that it ever will. Hey, I'm very upset about that. You know, it used to run pretty good, and then they started overworking their people, and the people just started quitting because they did this or they did that, and they didn't like it. You know, but it was we came first. Remember, it was supposed to be, benefit us, but they didn't like that, so these people quit. That's that that also that is also bullshit. And once again, like I said, this comes down from the top, from Dr. Masari. He's the head honcho. He's the, the, the head cheese, the big enchilada. And that's why we run the way we do. It's like the whole bathroom thing. Remember that? The bathroom is still a mess. People still shit and piss all over the toilet seat without any regard for other the other 200 people that go through there on a daily basis. You're not at home. You know, that this just, it just sucks. That's why I tell you people, take care of yourselves. Watch what you eat, watch what you drink, because if you end up in that chair next to me, you're not going to like what happens. None of us are happy in that clinic. We put on a good face, we put a big smile, and we go in there and we belly up to the to the bar and take a big bite of the shit sandwich that they put in front of you. And we're glad when we leave because we can go home and try to get on with some semblance of a normal life. This is why, and we're going to get that into this in the next section. Your three healths, your, your physical health, your mental health, and your emotional health. Each one affects the other. If you're not happy emotionally, your blood pressure is going to be up. You know, you're not going to be taking care of, care of yourself the way you should. So, but you know what, we'll get into that in the next section. And... Uh, Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Chairline Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. I'm your host, Ben Hurst. Stick around. We will be right back, everybody.
And we're back. You're listening to the Chairland Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. I'm your host, Ben Hur. Thank you for sticking around. Uh, this particular block I was going to pick up yesterday, but my voice was still in shreds after my treatment. That, that's one of the after effects of a treatment when they draw all the fluid out of your body. Uh, for me, the vocal cords is like the first thing to go. There are some days I can barely get out of there and speak. So I was going to pick it up last night, and my voice was still in shreds. And this morning, it wasn't any better. It's it's gotten better as the day went on. So, uh, I've mentioned to you on two different blocks, and that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about the three healths of any normal person, you, me, anybody. There are three different health conditions that you have. First is your physical health. You know, heart, lungs, brain, everything's working, your heart's beating, your blood's pumping, you breathe regularly, you don't have trouble breathing, you don't, you know, physical. Then there's your mental health. Is your mind in check? Are you hearing voices? Are you losing uh, control of your faculties? Uh, As I've gotten older, I begin to wonder because uh, my father had mental illness, and we'll get back, we'll get into that in a later block, maybe even this one, who knows. And then there's your emotional health. What? What are you talking about? Your emotional health. Are you in good spirits? Are you in a good relationship? Do you trust your partner? You know, do you have, are you in a relationship with somebody that you completely trust? Uh, my health are, I don't want to say failing, but they're not great. Because, here's the thing, each one will affect the other. Let's just say, for some reason, in your head, you're depressed. Well, that'll affect your emotional well uh, health, because you're going to not be in good spirits to deal with your, your, your uh, significant other or your spouse. And then your blood pressure may go up, or it may drop. So it's affected your physical and your emotional health. So each one has effect on the other. Don't I know it? I've gone through so many swings in the course of my life, especially when I got sick. I'm also in the middle of another emotional roller coaster. My, I've had, and, and, and yeah, you're going to criticize me for it, but you know what? I don't care. I'm going to put my I'm going to put my heart out there. I was in a relationship with this woman for a long time, 12 or 20 years. I'm in love with her. I'm not going to lie. But she keeps pushing me away and pushing me away, and I keep waiting and waiting and waiting. And this is a game we played. Yeah, it's not healthy. It's not healthy. I got to move on. I'm trying to do that, but it's it's hard. It's hard in the fact that I would like to work. I still have a desire to work. I can't work because nobody will hire me. Because of my treatments, I I lose uh, three days out of the week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Yeah, I can go to TTS Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. 
but I still have the same problem. Uh, that's one of the reasons they let me go at the club when I was working there, because I was a liability. The owners, the new owners knew that and didn't want me around, so they found a good reason to get rid of me, and they said I was just being too loud and too brash on, on social media, so they got rid of me. Yeah, you know, that's fine. So, once again, my emotional state is not good because I don't work. Yeah, I, I draw Social Security, but it's not, you know, you try living on $1,000 a month, it's not easy. When you got bills and you got gas and you got food and you got all sorts of stuff. Yeah, I know there's things out there to help you, but I'm going to give you a perfect example. I have SNAP benefits. Um, what's it called? Substitute Nutrition Assistance Program. And they basically give you food stamps. It's a food stamp program, okay? Because I'm single and I live alone, I only get $50 a month, okay? Now, you tell me how you can feed yourself on $50 a month unless you're going to be eating a lot of cereal. So... There's that. So that affects your physical health because they expect you at clinic to maintain a level of protein. And if you're eating cereal, that's not a whole lot of protein unless I'm eating oatmeal. You get tired of oatmeal and they want you to eat some meat so you buy cans of tuna. So see, it's, a, it's a, just a, one giant rat race that there's a, there's, a, there's a door opens, but it doesn't open very wide, you know. Fortunately for me, because of COVID, the federal government gave all the states a lot of money, and that money uh, Greg Abbott put into the SNAP accounts of everybody that has a SNAP account. So there's that. It doesn't, it's not, the most I've gotten out of the state has been $275. And it goes quick, especially now in the times that inflation is running rampant. It goes quick. Our checks don't go up. So I'm still having to manage with what I make per month with things that are going, that the prices are being raised every week with gas, with food. It's rough. I'm not alone. Uh, I listen to the, my people lamenting every every treatment day in the in the clinic. You know, I try to talk to my uh, facility administrator, but there's only so much they can do. They tell you to go talk to the patient advocate. He can't do a damn thing because see, even there in the clinic, and this is the problem. It's a rat race. They they send you down little. Uh, it's, it's like it's like a may a rat maze. They send you down little hallways that are blocked off. You got to turn back around. You got to start over again. You know because like we have we're supposed to go to the patient advocate to complain. Okay, I have a complaint. He goes to the social worker. Why he goes to the social worker? I have that that, that doesn't tell me a damn thing because she doesn't do a damn thing. You know. These gripes should be going straight to the top of the pyramid. Yes, Dr. Massari, once again, we see the failure of the leadership in that corporation. So that's why many of us don't, don't say anything because we're not going to get anywhere. And I'm not even going to go into the whole restroom thing. I've been through, I've beaten that like a dead horse, so I'm, I'm not going to go there anymore. But um, 
Yeah, so your mental, your emotional, and your physical health all affect each other. When one thing is out of balance, the other two are going to get tossed. It's just like a wheel with a uh, with a lot of mud in the wheel well. It's, your balance is going to be off, and you're going to get a nasty ride. Believe me, I know what I'm telling you. Well, you know, you can try. You, at some point, you have to take it to a shop. They're going to take the tire off and then clean the mud out. But you see, something gets done. On the level that I'm at, nothing gets done because nobody, you go to the wrong people each time. It's like if you get mud in your tire and the tire's out of balance, and I go to a chiropractor. There's nothing he can do. He's a chiropractor. He can snap my spine back into place, but he can't unblock my tire. He's going to send you to a tire shop. You see, the right people for the right job. In the clinic, in the clinic way, nothing, nothing gets done because it's a, it's a rat race. It's a maze. Nothing gets solved. We got a lot of problems. We got a lot of problems. I was explaining to my mom, who's the only one that listens to me anyway, and she doesn't listen to the show, about uh, the old FA. This was two FAs ago, Alberto. Had a brilliant idea. It was called Nocturnal Treatment. Yeah, I know it sounds exotic, but it's really very simple. Patients come in at night from 10 o'clock at night. You stay till 4 in the morning, six-hour treatment. The machines run at a slower level, which is less stressful on the body. And since you're there at night, you go to sleep. Or you can watch TV. It's what you want to do. But it's nocturnal. So, see, that was the whole point of this. The FA at the time, Alberto, said this is widespread down in the valley. Why we don't do it here, he did not know. So, he brought it to the attention of, once again, Dr. Masari. They gave him the okay to check, out, check it out, see what it was going to be like. So, Albert went around to different patients that he thought would be interested. I was one of them. And I said, yes, hell yes, I will do this. So, I was the first one. And then I remember Johnny, my other chairmate, said he would do it. And Victor said he would do it too. So, that was three. All in all... He ended up with 20 volunteers. And I'm making the little quotation marks for volunteers. So he went back to the, the powers that be and said, I have 20 volunteers. We got the 20 chairs. See, the beauty of it was we would get there at 10 o'clock when everybody's already gone. The last shift already finished at 8 o'clock. They would have two hours to reset the machines and, and, and clean the, the sterilize the chairs and, and the machines. We come in at 10 o'clock, we get hooked up, and we're on the we're on the system till 4 in the morning. It's less stressful on the patient, and it's also less stressful on the technicians and the nurse that you have to have on duty. I think this is where the problem was. When Dr. Masari saw that he was going to have to pay a shift dif- differential to the nurses and techs that were working because it's a night shift, and in the state of Texas, you work a differential shift, you got to pay them a higher wage. He wasn't down with that. Oh, but he was down with collecting $160,000 a month from uh, Medicare to cover the regular treatments during the day. See, this guy makes money hand over fist, but he doesn't want to spend it. 
He's a miser of misers. He is a true jackass in my book. And you know what? If he listens to this, I really don't give a rat's ass. You're a jackass, Dr. Masari. You're ashamed. You're, you should be ashamed of yourself and to your medical profession. You should take your white jacket, hang it up. No, you know what? Take it out in front of your Tesla and burn it. And go do something else. I hear they're hiring at McDonald's. But you're going to have a hard time paying for that $80,000 Tesla on a McDonald's salary. As a matter of fact, it's not salary. It's hourly. So good luck with all that. This is worse. It's almost worse than um, being a government official. These people make money hand over fist. And, you know, I did my research because I'm not an idiot. The tubes, the equipment that they use, they charge us. I see the, I see the breakdown. You know, I get a bill from Medicare every month of so what, what, what they charge. The tubing, the needles, the cannula, all that stuff can be done for half price. This is like uh, a military bill and you've ate $400 for a toilet seat when it actually only cost $8 at the Home Depot. So somebody's making money. Somebody found a way to bilk the government out of the Now, if, if they charged what it was worth, uh, in all honesty and all truthfulness, we would get a lot more. And I had a little idea. You know, if you bill us for every treatment, I think it's fair if we show up and for some reason the water's busted, we lose power and you got to send us home, you should pay us for that time that you lost because it wasn't our fault. This has been my problem uh, from the get-go when I go there and I don't get in on time or my technician's running late. I got there on time. I got there early. I'm always there early and I don't get in on time and that's a problem. I signed a contract with these people on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at time X. Well, it's gone. It's, now the clock is rolled up to time Y, and you call me in with a big old smile like it's no big deal. Well, it's a big deal because it is. You know, the thing about the thing about it is, put yourself in my shoes. Come in one morning and let me put you in that chair. Let me weigh you in, and let me stick you with those two big ass needles in your arm. Don't worry, I'll find a vein. I've done it before. I know how to do it. Yeah, you start thinking long and hard, like, hmm, maybe that's not the best idea. Maybe we should try to get things fixed. They run a lot smoother. Look, I'm not, I'm not harping on the techs and the, the nurses. They do a, su- a, a super job. This is about the management of the place. The doctors that be... They're, they're good. They're, they do what they're supposed to do. It's the doctor that runs the joint that's a jackass. That's right. All right. Well, that's enough bitching about those three. I, I didn't even talk about the three hells very much, but you get the gist. It's pretty self-explanatory. All right. Well, that's going to end it for this block. Uh, we'll move on. You know what? I'm going to lighten it up with something else. Something that I've been toying with that I used to do on the old... Uh, uh, my old blog, but I think I'll bring it to the, the spoken word form. All right, stick around. We'll be right back with more Chairland Chronicles. I'm your host, Ben Hur. Stick around. We'll be right back.
You're listening to the Chairland Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. I'm your host, Ben Hur. Thank you for sticking around. Well, this segment's going to be called Tales from the ER. I did this a long time ago on my written blog about two or three years ago because at the time I was spending quite a bit of time in the hospital, in the OR. So when you're there and you're me, you get bored really easy, so you have a tendency to listen to what goes on on the other side of the curtain. On this particular time, I was in the hospital. I was there because I thought I was going to lose my toe. So as I'm waiting there, they've drawn the blood and they've done everything to me. And I'm just waiting for the doctor to show up. And that takes some time. That takes a, that takes its time if you've ever been to the ER. And the reason I thought about this also is I saw a post from a friend of mine that I used to work with about stuff that went on with her and her in when she was in the ER. Now, on this particular time, I'm the only one there because it's early in the morning. And so I've been there an hour already and I'm, I'm sitting there on the, sitting on the table waiting. And this big strapping kid comes in. He's about 22 years old. Huge, about 6'3", about 230 pounds. Big fella. So the nurse takes him into the little bed, sits him down, and takes his temperature, closes the curtain so I can't see what's going on. Then I'm listening to what's going on. So then I hear her ask him, what brings you to the ER today? And this was his response. Uh, you know, like, uh, like it, it hurts when I pee, it burns. <sighs> I'm no doctor, folks, but I've been around. So the first thing I said, you got VD. Might be gonorrhea, could be syphilis. I'm leaning more towards the gonorrhea, the clap. So the nurse is like, okay, how long have the symptoms been occurring? He goes, about two weeks. I said, ooh, you're full-blown, buddy. You are full-blown. So he's like, so she goes, we got to do blood work on you, yada, yada, yada. So they draw the blood. She goes, I'll let you know the results as soon as they come back from the lab. That's an, that's an hour, easy. So we're waiting, we're waiting, we're waiting. And who shows up? His girlfriend. Whoop. I already, I can already see what's going to happen. These people are both from the south side because I can just tell by the accent. They're south siders from, I'm talking like maybe five points. So she says, well, what's going on? What's going on? What's happening? What's wrong? He goes, I don't know, babe. They just took the blood. So I'm going to, we're going to find out later in a little bit. It takes, it takes a while. Well, I need to know now because I, I got my baby waiting. Oh, I'm see my baby waiting in the car. You know, that's the worst thing you want to hear. So the nurse comes back and she's like, who are you? And the girl's like, who are you? Because the nurse was fine, okay? Don't, she was gorgeous. So I'm like, oh, shit, cat fight in the ER right in front of me. That's what I'm waiting for. So she goes, ma'am, could you just come outside of here? For, I need to talk to you for a minute. We're in the process of doing triage on, on your boyfriend. and We need you to wait in the waiting room. We'll call you back when, it's, when we're ready. Oh, no, I'm supposed to be here because I got to find out what's going on. So they start arguing, and finally the nurse wins out, and the girl, in a huff, goes back out to the writing room. 
Okay, time has passed. Here come his lab results. Mr. I forget what his last name was. Well, let's just call him Dirty Sanchez. She goes, Mr. Dirty Sanchez, you've got gonorrhea. Bingo! I'm no doctor, but like I said, folks, I've been around. So this guy's got the clap. Uh Uh-huh. So he goes, so what do we do? She goes, well, I'm going to give you a shot. And then uh, I'm going to give you a prescription, for two prescriptions for antibiotics. you got to take those until they're gone. And no sex. What? Oh. She says, no, no sex because you're, you're infectious. You can infect somebody else. She goes, now I hate to ask you some questions. Have you, had, have you had relations with your girlfriend? She goes, well, yeah. We need to check her out. No, 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 no. You can't. You can't because I probably didn't get it from her. I got it from her friend. Ooh, the plot thickens. Not only did you get the clap, you got it from her friend. You got it from an outside source, and you bring it at home. That's not bringing home the bacon, buddy. You're going to lose yours, I can guarantee you. So I hope that kid ain't yours. Turns out the kid was his. So they called the girl back. And now the sparks are going to fly because the nurse says, we've got, we've treated him, da 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 he has gonorrhea. And she's like, what? Oh, no, you don't. And he's like, babe. And he goes, what hole did you get it from? Right there in the ER. Okay, they're going to do this right there in the ER. The nurse said, you need to keep it down. There are other patients here that need their rest. And if you can't do this civilly, I'm going to ask one of you to leave. So they start arguing. They're arguing in whispers, but I can hear them arguing. He goes, what slut was it? And I was like, yeah, which slut was it? So she goes, this isn't over. So the nurse comes back. She goes, okay, I need to give him the shot. You need to step out. I want to be here. I need to see this. He goes, no, you don't. You need to step out. So reluctantly, she stepped outside, and the nurse administered the, the shot in the guy's ass. Gave him two prescriptions. Told him to follow up with his doctor. Well, I don't have a doctor. Figures. Figures, you know. So she told him, we'll give you a list of physicians that you can go see. You. She goes, I suggest you get a regular physician. She goes, and please... No sex for two weeks. Promise. Okay, I promise. Uh, I was like, you should have told him his dick was gonna fall off. That's what you should have told him. You know, because I thought mine was gonna fall off the fall off the first time I got it. So, yeah. Oh, don't look so surprised and shocked. I've had my share of diseases. So, they leave, and I can only imagine. How cold it was in that car on the way back to the south side, back to Five Points. Or maybe they lived closer to uh, South Park Mall. I think that was probably the, the place. So, at a different time, I was in the I was in the uh, ER again. I forget what it was for. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought I was having a heart attack. This was about a year and a half ago. So I'm in the, once again, I'm in the ER. They've already drawn my blood work and they're doing the labs and they've already given me two doses of, uh, what do they call it, nitroglycerin. And I still have this sharp pain in my chest. 
So I'm in the ER and there's a man next in the, in the room next to me. Well, it's not really a room, you know, they separate in the, in, the, in the cubicle next to me. And he's in there with his wife and his 17-year-old son. And he's talking to his son like, this guy's going to die. What happened with this guy, he's got a heart monitor in his chest. And for some reason, the heart monitor went off that he needed to get to the ER ASAP. So they brought him in and they said, okay, you know, the heart monitor went off. You know, we need to get his cardiologist here and da 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 So they called the cardiologist. Of course, it's the middle of the night. They had to wake him up. And now he's got to come down to the hospital. Doctors work hard. I will give you that much. If you got a, a good doc that's a specialist, these guys work hard. These guys spend a lot of time in the hospital. Unless they're jerks like Masari that uh, just collect money and, and buy uh, Teslas. So this guy's, the, the wife, I guess she was just very distressed. So she went outside to c- collect herself. And it's just the father and the 17-year-old son. And he's like, son, if this doesn't work out, you're going to be the man of the house. No, dad, you're going to be okay. You're going to go home. Was, no, no, this is a time when you gotta, you got to expect the worst, you know. He goes, I'm going to tell you some things and you need to listen to me. Promise me, you need to listen to me. You need to listen to me now. I'm listening because I want to know what's going on. So then he said, the combination to the safe in the closet is left 15, right 25, and left. And then he starts choking. I'm like, shit, don't die on me yet. So he's like, oh, oh. So then the kid freaked out, and he went and got the nurse, and the nurse came back. She goes, no, no, he's fine, he's fine. The doctor's on his way. I said, okay, I got the first two letters, uh, combination numbers. What's the third? He said, the third combination is... And then he gave it. I think he said, right, 28, something like that. So then they're both very quiet. And then I whisper, what's your address? They did. I know they heard me, but they didn't say a damn thing. It was about that time when the doctor came into my cubicle and told me that it wasn't my heart. They don't know what it was, but it was my heart was fine. They don't know what caused the pain in my chest. But they were going to keep me overnight. They were going to move me upstairs. And then they were going to have a cardiologist come and do a sonogram just to be sure. So I never got to find out what the guy's uh, address was to access said treasure chest and find out what the kid was going to get a hold of. If the father didn't make it, you know, I wished him well. I wished him the best because I wish everybody the best in the ER. But these are tales from the ER. If you like that, let me know. I can do some more. I've been to the ER quite a few times, so I've heard some heard some shit, okay? I've seen it too. So if you have any ideas, what you'd like to hear on this show, just go to my Twitter account. I'm at Ben Hur at T-C-C-I-N-D-Y. The Chairland Chronicles, I'm not dead yet. On Twitter. Or if you, ha- if you know me on Facebook, if we're Facebook friends, 
you can send me a, an instant message. You can send me a messenger, or you can just send me a a, a Facebook uh, question, and we'll go from there. But it's Ben Hur at T C C I N D Y. All right, we'll be right back. I think we've got enough time for one more segment, and we'll go from there. All right, stick around. You're listening to the Chairland Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. You're listening to the Chairland Chronicles. I'm your host, Ben Hur. Thank you for sticking around. We're almost to the end of this little journey. And we're going to talk about children. What's wrong with kids? Well, number one, we don't have any baby formula. And that's a big problem, it seems. There's no formula. And these kids need formula to survive. Now, here's my question. And I guess this is part... This is the whole part of the block that we're going to discuss or we're going to talk about. What's wrong with kids nowadays? Yeah, I know there's something wrong with them, but... Okay, because I was talking over... Talking, discussion, having a discussion with my mother about when I was a baby. I drank milk. She would go to the store. She would buy half a gallon of milk because they didn't make gallons back then. She would buy either a quarter of a gallon of milk or half a gallon of milk, pour it in the bottle... Sometimes she'd water it down a little bit, and she would give it to me. And I would suck on the milk, drink the milk, and I was fine. My sister would come along in 1965, and the doctor told my mom she needs to be on formula. Now, my sister was a little bit underweight when she was born. I think that was the concern. But now it seems all the kids have been put on some sort of baby formula, some sort of Similac, or whatever it is. And now, because of the pandemic, because of the shutdown of the Abbott plant, there is no formula. So, there are no food for babies. And I'm wondering, why can't they drink milk? Are they lactose intolerant? Is it going to give them the little baby squirts? What's up? Not only that. Now, okay, you have to understand, I speak because I have no knowledge of this. I'm... I have no children. I don't have any children. I've never had any children. I probably won't have any children at this rate. And I don't know. I thought milk was the thing. So it seems babies need formula. And also kids. Kids are just not as resilient as they used to be when I was growing up. And here we go. Yeah, we're going to go off the beaten trail when I was a kid. Okay. Used to drink out of the hose, the garden hose. Nowadays, they say that's a that's a big no-no not to do that because you're gonna get all sorts of cooties and algae that's growing in the hose. When I was a kid, didn't have a problem with that. We our, our stomachs could handle it, I guess. Now you can't ride a bike unless you've got a helmet, pads. You look like a soldier going into combat. When I was a kid, we put accessories on our bikes, built ramps 
to jump them like Evil Knievel over the, uh, the Snake River Canyon. Yeah, you remember that? You remember those days? Yeah, nowadays kids can't do that. They have to be put in a bubble. And so kids are just, they're all screwed. No wonder they're all screwed up. You know, I think my generation is probably the last generation of kids that's rather well-adjusted. I mean, when you see the, these kids, these are babies that are committing these crimes, these shootings in uh, Buffalo and whatnot. Kids. Kids. So kids have problems nowadays. Mental, physical. Once again, the three hells. Here we go. Mental, physical, and emotional. Each one affects the other. We go back to that. It's, it's funny how we end up there. Also, what's up with dogs? Okay? It seems dogs aren't as uh, tough as they used to be. Do you remember when you were a kid? If you were my age when you were a kid, you could go outside and pop fireworks. Didn't bother the dog a bit. When they popped the fireworks at the downtown, didn't bother the dog a bit. Nowadays, you got to stuff Benadryl down your mud when the thunder, when a thunderstorm comes, or when there's going to be a Fourth of July or a New Year's uh, extravaganza, because otherwise your dog's going to be uh, like like he just came back from the Nam. You know, he's going to have the shakes and God knows what. I, you ought to see my dog when the thunder comes. <sighs> he just can't seem to. He, he got you got to you got to quell him. I don't know what what to do. I mean, we we have to buy Benadryl now. We got to drug him up. Just like we drug up our kids, we got to drug up our pets. I don't know what happened. You know, it used to be dogs were tough. Dogs were resilient. Not anymore. They've gotten weaker. And I think we're the, we're the root cause of that. You know, remember dogs used to sleep outside. Now dogs have a bed in the house. Sometimes the dog's bed is your bed in the house. You know? So what's going on? I don't know. I, I really don't know. We're losing. Maybe this is the next stage in our evolution. We become one step closer to, to wussiness. You know, hey, don't get me wrong. I have my share of fears, but sometimes you got to come get over your fear and suck it up, buttercup, and stir it down. And you may get cut up. You may get beat up. You may get killed, but at least you stood your ground. Kids nowadays, I remember I saw two kids in the mall talking each other up like who is tougher. And one said, and I couldn't believe he said this, I couldn't believe I heard this. He goes, man, I'm a level 15 in, in Call of Duty. I was like, what the F does that mean? What does that mean that you're a level 15 in Call of Duty? Do they give you a medal? because you reached level 15 you know if I had been that if I had been the other kid I would just punch him in the face kids don't know how to fight anymore either oh don't get me wrong they're so bullies but kids just they've we've they've forgotten a lot of things I don't know what it is about society that's changed these kids and our dogs God knows what else is coming down the pike Oh, my goodness. All right. Stick around. We'll be right back with more stuff.
And we're back. You're listening to the Chairland Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. I'm your host, Ben Hur. Well, you hear the song, The Traveling Wilburys, End of the Line. So that means we've come to the end of this journey. We're going to wrap it up and move on to the next one. I thank you for riding this ride with me. And now we're at the end of the line. And now we're going to call it a week. If there's anything you want to talk about or you want to talk to me about, you can reach me on my Twitter account, Ben Hur at T-C-C-I-N-D-Y. The Chairland Chronicles, I'm not dead yet. I want to hear what your, what your thoughts are. Let me know what you think should be better about the show. Is there a song you want to hear in the bumper music? I'm willing to please. I've only got two listeners, you know, so let's just see what happens. This is an experiment. It's also something that I can't get out of my systems ever since I did radio and stand-up comedy. Yeah, maybe this is going to lead me somewhere else. I don't know. We're all on a road looking for the next best thing. I thought I had found it at one time, but I was wrong. And I thought I had found it again, but it seems I was wrong again. Found that out today. And... Uh, who knows? Life's, life's a crapshoot. You're going to roll the dice. You're going to roll them bones. You're going to roll snake eyes. But one day you will roll sevens. And life will get better. So, as always, I will leave you with this, my standard closing. Live, laugh, love. Live your life if it's your last day on earth. That's right. Because it may be your last day on this earth. Laugh at everything that you see, even if it's even if it's the mundane or the, the dangerous. Laugh. Laugh at yourself. Look at that mirror and laugh at yourself. Just don't laugh too long. You might you might end up going crazy. And then love. Love everything in this great, beautiful world of ours because it's not going to be here forever. You won't be here forever. Remember that. Live, laugh, love. All right. I will see you on the flip side. Unless I die... And that's a distinct possibility. So I, I bid you farewell. These are the Chairland Chronicles signing off. <laughs>